This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. I think the whole group have shown amazing resilience, really. Um, you know, we had numerous injuries. We had numerous positive tests. We had a lot of players who've been quarantining. We've had players really short of training mi- minutes. Um, understandably, everybody short of match minutes, bar those that finished in the Champions League a little bit later. Um so we knew this was going to be incredibly difficult um, altogether. A position where we go back to when group is in our hands. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to both of them. Um, as I said yesterday, they, they know what's happened is unacceptable and was unacceptable on a COVID basis. But as I've learned more detail, is unacceptable in any basis. So either way, they would have gone home. They need now support because they're everywhere in the press um, everybody is wait, wading in on them um, they need help to rebuild they need to understand the expectations of being an England player um, and we've got to help them on that process that's going to take time and we need to build some trust um, but you've got to help young people to get back on uh, on their feet and um, that's an important part of what we need to do as well On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9 England boss Gareth Southgate making excuses. Yeah, that's what he was doing. <laughs> it was a dire game. Sorry if you watched it. He owes me 90 minutes, Gareth Southgate does. On the ball with me, Ross. First proper Friday show. Actually, no, it's our second show. But EPL season kicks off this weekend. And me and the guys, uh, by the guys, I mean Bob Holmes is here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Craig Marias is also here. What's up, Craig? How you doing, Ross? Very good, very good. And Kishnan. Hello, Kish. Hello, hello. Hardest working young man I know in, in everything, <laughs> really. Uh, you can tweet. Do I work harder than Connor Cody, though? No, no. That's, that's a great point you bring up there, my, my son. Uh, you can tweet at BFM Radio. Also, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, we're going to clear up all the Nations League stuff before we talk about the EPL. We heard Gareth Southgate at the start. Group A2, Denmark nil, England nil. Uh, it didn't start well, Bob Holmes, what with all that Phil Foden, Mason Greenwood hoo-ha in Iceland. And we were hoping the game would take some, uh, you know. <laughs> a shine off it. Exactly, <laughs> some shine off that whole thing. But it didn't, did it? It was, it was a dire, dire game. It was, it was more than dire, wasn't it? It was, uh, you know... Even by England friendly <laughs> muddling through standards, this was pretty spectacularly bad. Um, and I don't think he has an excuse. He can't. Uh, he can't use the Maguire story and then the Foden and Greenwood story. I mean, do, okay. Do, do, you reckon, do you reckon England players misbehaving abroad is a throwback to the nineties? Are we going retro here? Well, they've always misbehaved uh, abroad. I mean, uh, you know, it's in the DNA. Uh, They got caught. Uh, There's some pretty famous names uh, from the past who uh, the whole history of English football would have been changed if they had been caught uh, doing similar things. Um, I mean, it's not a hanging offense. It's, It's stupid and it's rather more stupid because of the virus. Um, but this is the sort of thing that uh, 
young lads get up to. Mm. Uh, they'll take their punishment. Um, uh, they'll be banned for a couple of games and they'll come back and it'll be forgotten. Um, but uh, it, for Southgate to try to say uh, it's been hell for two or three weeks, I think that was a bit, uh, a bit rich, actually. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the football here, uh, you know, and there wasn't any. Okay, we know the shenanigans that, that preceded it, but I don't think they were a factor in this. I think possibly staging these games at this time when people haven't had a pre-season and yeah. some yeah. clubs are still yeah. off, you know, like City and United, mm. uh, and have even been given dispensation uh, from this week's uh, fixtures because they, they were playing in Europe, that sort of thing. I think it's, that's... Uh, probably explains why so many games have been poor. Mm. To use it as an excuse, what he did, use that as an excuse. No, we can't buy that. Yeah, I mean, Craig, there's no excuse for such a lifeless display. There was no energy. I mean, come on, you're playing for the shirt. You're playing for England, right? So yeah. Did, um... uh, and also, did, did Gareth get the formations wrong? I mean, come on, three at the back, two holding midfielders, Denmark, yeah? Yeah, I was just going to touch on that. Um, I think his major mistake was was uh, uh, the formation that he played. Um, he went back to to what he tried in the World Cup, um, three at the back, uh, which they did pretty well there. But then, you know, you, I mean, you look at uh, people like Conor Cody making his first team uh, or his England debut. Uh, Calvin Phillips also making his um, debut. I think Conor Cody was was fantastic, to be honest. Uh, so I'm sure Keish will touch on that yep, yep, a yep. little bit more. Um, but. I, I do think, you know, it's all about giving players a chance. I understand that. But, I mean, I think people like Danny Ings, uh, for example, you know, you, you, you're heading towards a stalemate. Um, you know, he doesn't even get a look in. Um, 22 you know, minutes in the two games he played. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was shocking. It, it's really shocking if you're, you know... Season of his life, especially. arguably, last season, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, you, you know, you see a, a guy in the championship that, that's never kicked a ball in the Premier League getting a start. I mean, it's, it's quite baffling. Um, the, the formation, yeah, I wasn't a fan of it. There was no uh, real adventure to, to, to go for. There's no creativity in the middle. Um, you know, Kelvin Phillips, I'm, I'm sure he's a good player. Um, but, you know, it, it's a step too far because you, you, you've been playing the championship or, or lower leagues your whole life. Um, you know, you've, you, you've kind of bypassed the whole Premier League yeah. uh, and you've gone straight to international football. And, and it does take some adjustment to it. Uh, I thought Declan Rice was poor. Mm. Um, but, but then again, you, you go back to that creative element and you, you were just relying on someone like Sterling and Sancho to, to produce moments of genius. Well, you, uh, you which, had which Grealish really on the bench who can do a job in midfield, who could be the creator, just not given the chance and stuff. Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, it goes, you know, you look at, at Southgate's uh, press conference um, before Grealish got selected. And, you know, the question was posed to him as, as to why Grealish didn't get uh, the call-up. He said the wings, um, and, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he said he sees him as a winger. Now, he plays for Villa in a very central role. Um, and, and like what you said, Ross, you know, he's the creator. Exactly. You know, he can make things happen. Uh, he kind of drifts anywhere on the pitch that he wants to. Um, I, I don't see him as an out-and-out winger anymore because I think he's so good in that central. He's a player that needs the ball. It's not like a Sterling or anything. Yeah, he I mean, needs it, to be on the ball to create something. It's not funny when us in Malaysia have to get up at 2.45 a.m. No, to watch no. this dross. Seriously. Uh, but the silver lining, Keish is going to point out <laughs> here, 
was the debut of 27-year-old Connor Cody. I tell you what, Keish, you could hear Connor Cody throughout the match. He was booming, shouting instructions. and ta- that, That's the plus. I, I think the only plus for England. He, he, I mean, over the last couple of seasons under Nuno, he's been an exceptional leader for Wolves. Uh, just completely organizing that back five. When you see him looking at someone like Moutinho, when you see him looking at some of these Portuguese players that have played for some of the biggest managers in world football, and he just goes berserk at them during the game for Wolves. Yeah. This, this guy knows how to organize his defense. And I think uh, what I like about the fact that... Uh, 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 what I like about his England debut was the fact that he showed no signs of walking into unfamiliar territory or something like that. It was his first ever international call-up and he just walked in and took control of the situation. Yeah, he just sure made did. it home for himself. Yeah. yeah. So he was terrific. Um, I completely agree with Craig in a sense where I think from a formation standpoint, uh, setting up two defensive midfielders didn't really help England at all. I don't think you needed Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips at the heart of that midfield. And all uh, for those a side excuses, like all those excuses of oh, Denmark have only conceded one at home in the last fifty. Yeah, no. You, you, when you look, when you look at this England side, you know that there's more than enough to attack. There's Absolutely. more than enough to bring the game yeah. to any opponent. Not, not put aside Denmark. Any opponent out there, there's more than enough in this English side to bring the game to them. And 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 having Phillips and and Declan Rice at the heart of that midfield just made it. Uh, uh, sort of uncomfortable because both players for their club sides they operate as the primary pivot at, mm. at, in the midfield. Calvin, Calvin Phillips sits at the bottom. Declan Rice does that as well. When you pad them together, I thought that there were times during the game where they looked sort of uncomfortable, just playing a sort uh, uh, alongside each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and up and up front um, again, Jaden Sancho. Um, Hundred million. See, here, here's my problem. Here's my problem with him. I, I I think he's an exceptional talent. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I think. He's a brilliant player. Uh, but I can understand why Man United might consistently just look at that figure and think, is it worth paying that figure? Uh, because there are games still that he comes in and out. And from the point of view of Man United at this point, you're, you're, you're keen on bringing in a right winger. And there are multiple right wingers out yeah, there. Yeah, you need surefire uh, winners, you're right? Yeah. Sancho, you're looking at Jadon Sancho and you're thinking to yourself, 120 million. And I thought he was dreadful. Mm. Over the both games. Over the both games. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Agreed. Yeah, some of the runs that he's he's been making. um, He's a talent, no doubt, but 120 million. Um, Long term, it makes sense. But for a club like Man United who are looking for an immediate solution in the right wing position, they've gotten Greenwood for the long term run. Uh, They need an immediate solution. I can understand why uh, the, the club is just huff, you know, huffing and puffing over that figure. Okay. Well, England's. England's draw means that Belgium take control of Group A2 because they beat Iceland 5-1. Pat Crystal Palace's Michi Batshuayi scoring twice, uh, along with Axel Witzel, Dries Mertens, who always scores. I think it's written in his contract. And Jeremy Doku. Uh, Roberto Martinez's Belgium doing very well. We need to talk about Group A3, where Portugal beat Sweden 2-0 away. Cristiano Ronaldo, Bob Holmes, has now netted 101 international goals, second only to Ali Dai. Yeah, uh, not far behind him either. Uh, Two more to equal him. 109 he's got, right? Um, Yeah, uh, he sat out the previous game because he wasn't 100% fit, uh, saved himself uh, for this one. Um, and helped himself. Uh, and Belgium, 
just as Belgium whacked uh, Iceland, uh, Portugal put paid to Sweden. I yeah. mean, other countries seem to be able to beat these lesser nations somehow. England struggle against them. But Ronaldo, yes, uh, 35 and not really showing many signs of slowing down. Mm. Um, I mean, he, he probably didn't do quite as well as Juventus hoped in, the se in last season. But he is um, 35. You just he said. is 35. So you've got to cut him. Even exactly. though you're paying him a fortune, yeah. you still have to cut him a little bit of slack for his age. And he does do it on the big occasion. Yep. Um, what else can you say about him? I mean, he, I mean, he could steer them to another tri uh, triumph, couldn't he? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, look what they've done in the last uh, three or four years. Yep. They've, won, they've won two trophies. Um, oh. I mean, fantastic. And, you know, inspired by him. Mm. I oh, think oh. With, with Ronaldo as well, the way he takes care of himself allows him to prolong his career. Yeah. I mean, what is he now, 35? Yeah, yeah. About, about 35. I mean, you could look at it and say he's got another five years left. Yeah, but Craig, if I had a gym on my yacht, I, I would do some work. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is that. And then there is that. Just go back to what Bob said. Um, I think he's about seven, uh, seven or eight off of uh, Ali Daye. Um, oh, 119, just, wasn't it, or something? One, no, because he, 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 he got his 100 and 101st, yeah. um, th those two goals. So he's about eight off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. So it's so a little bit more, but he, I mean, I can't, I can't see him not breaking it, uh, to be honest with you. Exactly. Um, in the same group, France 4, Croatia 2. Um, Griezmann scored, Olivier Giroud scored his 40th international goal. But, but Keish, I want to talk to you about Anthony Martial. Another good uh, performance. He's actually seen good club performances translate to the international stage and he's smiling. I, I kept watching highlights of the game and every time the camera came to him, he had a smile on his face or he was high-fiving his mate and it's, it's good feelings all around, isn't it? Yeah, he looks like a completely rejuvenated person. Um, and, and I mean, we've seen so many head coaches at Man United try to bring this out of him. Um, Jose Mourinho felt that doing that, uh, you, you, you know, Louis, Louis Van Gaal, initially, I suppose it worked, but over towards the end of his tenure, it didn't quite work as well. Um, but it, again, right, when someone brings up um, Ole's tenure at Man United and the things that he's done, you've got to point at little wins like this, little victories like this, him mm -hmm. being able to help Anthony Martial get to this stage. I mean, this was Martial's first international call-up in two years, yeah. and he was back amongst the goals as well. Um, he was terrific on the night. Uh, but I thought the other player that was excellent uh, was Upamecano, yeah. uh, the, uh, the, yeah, the Leipzig defender. Well. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you juxtapose the kind of figure that's being asked for Upamecano and then you, you compare it to the kind of figure that's being asked for Jaden Sancho. Upamecano comes to the international stage, looks completely unfazed. Yeah. You know, scores a goal, looks completely dominant at the back, um, carrying on his performances for Leipzig, uh, playing the same way for France as well. And, and you look at the kind of figure that's been quoted for him. It's around the 60 million mark, which is half. I know he's a defender, but point is, that this is a guy that's consistent, uh, yeah. not just at club level. So you but, can understand you know, why United are bulking it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Upamecano uh, was brilliant. And the other thing that I wanted to point out was, I mean, while watching this game, I mean, just looking at Upamecano, just made me realize 
the wealth of talent that France yep. have in the yep. centre back position. Yep. Absolutely. You look at Umtiti, you look at Clement Langley, mm-hmm. Tomicano, you, you you the list goes on and Run. on and on. And it's just incredible, <laughs> really. The, the, how do you look at this French team and, and you you think of Euros next year and like who is gonna stop them? Like you know, this these yeah. guys are just so talented all over the park. Yep. Oh, uh, Portugal and France in control of Group A, three, both with uh, two wins out of two. In Group A, one, Netherlands nil, Italy one. It was Nicolo Barella with a first-half header and a win in Holland. In the same group, Bosnia one, Poland two. Um, Scotland beat uh, Czech Republic, totally brand new Czech Republic team, never played before, new manager, everything, 2-1 away. Israel won, Slovakia won, that's a Group B2 game. We're going for our first break. When we come back, we're done now with the Nations League. We're going to talk EPL next. Brilliantly done. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Wonderful control and superb execution. The waiting is almost over. The Premier League is back. And it's live. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Bob, Craig and Kishnan here to look at the first weekend of the brand new football season. It's been only, what, seven weeks since the last season ended? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it all kicks off at 7.30 on Saturday. Um, it's Fulham against Arsenal. Uh, let's take a look at, at Fulham now, Bob Holmes. Scotty Parker has been very frugal this time round. Um, well, Fulham have anyway. They've not splashed 100 million. They've more or less got the core squad. I guess they're going to be relying on the likes of Mitrovic and, and uh, Niskins Cabano. What a name, Niskins Cabano. <laughs> to, to pull the strings and do the business for them. Uh, yeah. Um, they've learned a painful lesson that uh, 100 million was uh, not only squandered, but um, they actually went straight down again. And uh, Scott Parker took over a club that was in shambles um, in uh, early uh, 2019. And he's done a fantastic job without Mm. spending very much money. He's brought one or two former players back and that sort of thing. Uh, But... um, you know, he's just sorted them out. Um, no one really knew what he was going to be like as a, as a coach. He was a, he was a guy you thought that might make it. Uh, you know, he was an intelligent footballer, very determined, 100% every game sort of guy. So you thought there might be a manager in him, but you probably didn't expect him to be as successful as this so early on in his career. Um, he's, he's absolutely done wonders there. And it just shows what a dog's breakfast the owners made of it to begin with when they took over. I mean, they've, they've been there nearly 10 years now and they made all the classic mistakes that owners make. They could have called us and we could have saved them a hundred million. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they've been relegated twice and, and got promoted back up again, fortunately. Um, but really, uh, it's taken someone like Parker to sort them out. Mm. Now, they're, they're going to struggle. They haven't got a lot of quality. When you look at those names, who, the big names there are probably Anthony Knockhart, who never quite yeah. convinced in the Premier League. He's great in the championship. He, 
He helped Leicester uh, to promotion. That's how long he's been around. He's been at Brighton, but never totally convinced at the top level. They've got Tom Kearney. He's a pretty useful player. They bought him from Blackburn some time ago. I think he's a Premier League player. Yeah. And Mitrovic, of course, is the star. But they're going to depend heavily on Mitrovic's goals. And they've got a chance because they do have a natural goal scorer. And a lot of these teams that go down, they, they struggle for goals. Like we saw Norwich with Puki last season. I mean, he, he started off with a bang, but uh, faded, hardly scored a goal after mm. Christmas. Mm. And they, they just couldn't score to save their lives. They went down. Whereas you've got a guy like Mitrovic who can nick the odd goal, get the odd point here and there, um, you've got a fighting chance, but they're going to struggle. I think it's going to be a big test for Scott Parker. He's lucky he's got a new contract. He's got a three-year contract. He deserves it, and he may need it to, to keep his job uh, because I think they are the favorites to, to go back down. Yeah, well, they, they need good home form. I think they won 10 of their last 13 at home for them, so they need to replicate that. Let's take a look at the Arsenal now, Craig. Um, in midst of a Mikel Arteta revolution right now, uh, he's already brought in William and uh, William Saliba, who was actually signed a season ago, loaned back to France. But they're, they're two new players. Uh, of course, they've got a few injury problems as well going into this game. How do you see the Gunners faring this season? Um, I think they'll do pretty well, actually. Um, you know, they had a really um, good back end to the season um, in the end. Um, obviously, winning winning the cup and, and a good start season. Um, let's not forget, you know, beating Liverpool on, on, on penalties. Um, I, I like what Arteta's done. You know, I, I've said it in previous shows. Um, there was a lot of fixing that needed when he came in, and I think when Unai Emery took over from Wenger, you know, he didn't fix those problems. Mm. I mean, we're talking about those areas which we keep highlighting season in season out with Arsenal, um, which is defensively um, and that defensive midfield. Uh, situation that, that he has. What Arteta has done is he's come in, um, you know, changed the style of play completely. Uh, but what he's done in this transfer window, his first transfer, well, first summer transfer window, is he's gone out and he's rectified that. Now, um, you know, you can argue he's got too many centre-backs on his on his books, but uh, I believe he's going to go with three at the back this season. He'll need uh, a lot of them uh, with injuries, suspensions and, and, and things like that. Um, and I think he's done a great job uh, because, you know, you look at someone like Saliba. Yes, they signed him last season, um, you know, let him out on loan. Uh, he did really well in the French League and now he's come back. I think it'll take a while before, you know, he gets given that trust to play in the Premier week out. But then he's got experienced heads next to him. I think uh, Socrates is probably going to be on his way out. I think he's probably going to go holding maybe um, as well uh, on um, but they've got a good core there. Uh, let's not forget Pablo Mari, who they signed. Um, he's, he's into his second season now. Uh, Cedric Suarez on the right. Um, season uh, Premier League campaigner. Good backup or, you know, even first choice uh, in that position. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, you know, he's yeah. still there. He was linked yeah, with yeah. a transfer away. She'll got a, um, got a call up to the England squad. And I think for me, the most important signing that they've made is is getting uh, Danny Ceballos back yeah. from Real Madrid yep. in that in that second another season's loan yeah yeah because if they didn't get him um, I think that was an area where they still uh, needed a lot of work on um, I know Maitland Nars can play there Tierney's going to be on the left and, and things like that but Ceballos has a bit of quality about him you know and 
and when I say quality, you know, he's, he's 23, 24. Yeah. But he's got that, um, how do you say that, Spanish, Spanish flair. You know, he's good enough to play in that national team for me. Um, and you don't sign for Real Madrid by being an awful player. Absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so I think, you know, I think the Aubameyang contract is done. Um, Attacking-wise, they look fantastic. Niketia, Lacazette yeah. still there, Pepe, Saka. Um, good, good sw- squad for Arsenal. And uh, I think they're under like really good management. So I expect them to do pretty well this season. I, I read a piece that said uh, Mesut Ozil saying he's ready for the new season. I chuckle <laughs> to myself. <laughs> I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope his ass is all right. <laughs> uh, 7.30 kickoff, Fulham versus Arsenal. Um, West Ham versus Newcastle is a late Saturday game at 3 a.m. Sunday kickoff. I want to focus on Newcastle here, Keish, because they've had a failed takeover bid, but... Um, Steve Bruce has, has identified English signings, experienced English players as, as the way forward. They've gone and they've made some waves in the transfer market, don't you know? Yeah, they definitely have. Um, and, and, and they're finally solving a very big problem, which is you know the, the goals up front. Because last year, one of the biggest problems with them was just getting their goals on a consistent basis. And to be fair to them, um, in, in, in pre-season before last year, they, they actually went out and, and got in a striker who came in with the pedigree of having scored goals on a consistent basis in the Bundesliga, which is Joel Linton. And everyone expected a lot from him. I remember, I think, earlier in the season uh, on match day one, the amount of people that got had him on their fantasy Premier League team. Because you, you looked at his stats in, in the Bundesliga and you thought to yourself, here we go. Um, this is a chance for, for a Brazilian striker to, to make his name in the Premier League. But uh, it really, really, really didn't go well for him. I think he scored like, what, uh, two league goals, Joel Linton, last year. <laughs> and, and now they've, they've, they've brought in uh, Callum Wilson, who is um, half the price that they paid for Joel Linton. And I guarantee you, Callum Wilson will score a lot more than just two league goals. Well, he's <laughs> a... He's a this is it. I mean, Bob, not only that, they've got Ryan Fraser in from Bournemouth on a free. Jamal Lewis has come from Norwich, the fullback. Jeff Hendrick has joined from Burnley on a free. These are some decent players who know all about the Premier League, aren't they? Yeah. Um, surprisingly, Newcastle paying more than what Liverpool were prepared to pay for Lewis. Um, a few million more, actually. Uh, perhaps Liverpool got cold feet for some other reason. Um, but you've you wonder, would it be the first you? time this transfer <laughs> It wouldn't, would it? They seem to be suffering from chillblains, I think, Liverpool. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, Mike Ashley, the much maligned Mike Ashley, is actually uh, coughing up a bit of money. Um, whether it's going to be enough uh, is open to question. I think it will be. I don't see them. I mean, they were more or less mid-table last year. Um, and they're strengthened, so they, they should be okay. But they're not going to be contenders for anything. I don't see the, uh, these guys. Um, they're solid performers, but I don't see them taking uh, Newcastle into mm. Europe or anything mm. like that. But this is the best Steve Bruce can do with a limited yeah. budget that he it's has. It's the best it's preseason slight- they've had for yeah. years. It's slightly more than we expected from Mike <laughs> Ashley anyway. Well, can, right. I just say, can I just say, I mean, he's not... Uh, you know, we, you know, we give him a lot of credit for for splashing the cash. I mean, they're all cut price deals. Yeah, let's yeah, not, yeah. Let's not, I mean, he's gone to he's gone to the championship to, to the relegated yeah. side. Yeah, so he loves he's a, got he them, loves a bargain. He's, yeah, he's got he's got them <laughs> on the bargain, hasn't he? Uh, Ryan Frazier on a free, Callum Wilson, you know, for 
you know, twenty million and be arguably be he's a he's a lot more. The, uh, the kind of bargain least. you'd find the kind of bargain you'd find at Sports Direct. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, the one criticism I have of, of, of Newcastle so far is that they haven't got uh, they haven't gone out and got a centre back, which I think they really need. Um, I know they were linked with uh, Rob Holding, I know that they've been linked with Chris Smalling, uh, but I think before the transfer deadline, uh, they do need a centre back. Um, uh, they're my tip to surprise the season. They're my tip to surprise. Okay, brilliant stuff. We're going for a break then. You stay tuned. More Premier League previews coming up for you next. But what a chance that was right on the stroke of our time. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Has come up with the something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. First Premier League see, uh, weekend of the brand new season. On the ball with me, Ross, along with Bob Holmes, Craig Marais and Kishnan. You can tweet at BFM Radio. Also, do follow us on social media. It's BFM Football uh, on Instagram and on Facebook as well. We also have a YouTube channel, TFIF on video. Give us a follow. Um, Looking forward then to the return of Leeds United. Uh, they have a massive task ahead of them, Bob Holmes. Away to Liverpool is Marcello Bielsa's first task. Um, head-to-head with Klopp. It's a Sunday half-past midnight kickoff. Um, let's look at Liverpool first. Um, they've been quiet. We've mentioned that. They haven't signed anybody. Uh, they've signed cover for Robertson at left back. But uh, apart from that, I guess we can report that Jordan Henderson is back in training. Yeah, well, he'll be a big lift. Um, they, they lacked him um, in the community shield. You could see that very clearly. Um, well, much has been made of Liverpool not signing anybody. They've been linked with Thiago Alcantara, and I still think they, they might get him. But they're, they're being very prudent, and they're emphasizing the fact that they're not owned by oligarchs or sovereign wealth funds of Gulf nations or anything like that. They've got to cut the cloth to the, to the measure. And um, yesterday's news about the uh, danger of fans not being allowed back in for the foreseeable future, I think um, justifies their stance. There's a lot of clubs going to be shivering about um, what's going to happen because they're basically banking on fans coming back into grounds to survive. And Liverpool have, have uh, seen that possibility and that's why they've been so prudent. But back to the pitch, uh, they, they've got two guys who weren't featuring in the first 11 so much last season, but could be regarded almost like new signings. And these are midfielders. Nabi Keita yeah. and Takumi Minamino. Yeah, good pre-seasons, right? Yes, Klopp's... I mean, they've been on the books. So Minamino was signed in uh, January uh, this year. Uh, Keita has been there for a couple of seasons now. We've waited a long time for him. But uh, Klopp is very patient. He was patient with Andy Robertson, for example. Look mm. how he turned out. Mm. Um, the same thing could happen with these guys. Klopp is saying that they look completely different now. And I think he's talking about their physique as well as their confidence. They've managed to get a few minutes on the field. 
And we saw the difference that the goal made to Minamino just yeah. in a matter of minutes. Um, I think you're going to see more of them. And if that's the case, this talk of Liverpool being pedestrian in midfield, lacking ideas, lacking dynamism, um, that, that will go out of the window. They've got two guys there who could, if they stay fit, make a massive difference. Mm. And I think that's what Klopp is banking on. Okay. He doesn't want to upset the team spirit by bringing in some guy from overseas with a big name. You know, it risks team spirit. It risks the wage structure and all that. And I'd still like to see them get him, by the way, uh, Tiago. But uh, I think he does have uh, viable alternative options mm. in those two players. And I think that's what we're going to see uh, a lot of. I think with, with all that, I think Liverpool are just going to have too much for Leeds. Yep. Because Leeds are essentially a championship club, although okay. they have strength. Well, it's, it's a baptism of fire, Keish, for, for Bielsa. Uh, a couple of big name signings. Leeds United mate, uh, Rodrigo Moreno has come in. He's going to play up front. Uh, Rob, Robin Koch has come from the Bundesliga. He's going to shore things up at the back. Um, how do you think they'll fare? I mean, the tests don't come bigger than this one, right? Yeah, I mean, match day one against Liverpool is always a, a, a difficult clash for any side at this point, right? Uh, I don't think anyone would want that on their books. Um, what will be fascinating is this is a clash between two sides that press really high. And we've, we've heard a lot about Marcelo Bielsa's high-pressing style. Um, they, they, they completely dominated possession against teams in the championship. Uh, they, were, they, they topped all kinds of statistics, you know, the most passes into the box, most uh, shots, uh, most uh, chances created inside the box. And that's partly down to the fact that they press really highly. The thing about Bielsa is he's got a knack for preferring a a, a, a set of players that, that are in the starting eleven, and he tends to use them over and over again. And I know the championship is a long, hard season with 46 games, but the level of intensity in the Premier League is a bit higher than, than the championship. Um, and, and you wonder if, if, whether he'll alter that approach. Um, the other fascinating bit is to just see how they play up front, because last year, Patrick Bamford was heavily relied upon. I think he played in like, 45 out of the 46 games for, for Leeds United. But he only scored like 16 goals. Yeah. I mean, that's where Rodrigo Moreno has been brought in to, to alleviate a bit, a bit of that burden. The, the, the bigger, uh, tricky, I would say the trickier situation for Bielsa now is trying to get Moreno back to the 2017-2018 version of Rodrigo Moreno. Because mm -hmm. that's the season when he scored 16 league goals for Valencia and he was absolutely brilliant throughout the season under Marcelino. And if they can get that version of Rodrigo Moreno back, then I think um, Leeds United could really have a, a, a goal scorer uh, up on, on their sleeves. Uh, the, make no mistakes, Leeds have enough in them, I think, to start really strongly. Um, you, you put this Liverpool fixture out of, the, uh, out of the question, they can start really strongly in the, in the Premier League. The bigger problem for Leeds United is because they have such a small squad, because their depth isn't exactly brilliant, how do you cope with the burnout? Yeah, that's Leeds' uh, biggest problem. It, it 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 came back to bite them a couple of seasons ago in the Championship when they faded after New Year's. It almost felt like they were going to fade last season as well in the Championship. Um, and, and unless Bielsa is, 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 has fixed that, um, and at the moment in terms of signings, there's two. There's still reports of them trying to bring in two or three more players. Um, but if those names don't come in, that will be his biggest test because the intensity in the Premier League. Uh, it's it's a 
complete different ball game. Absolutely, absolutely. Craig Marias, is there a Leeds player you'd have in your fantasy football team? Oh, <laughs> I know it's a tough one, right? Yeah, it, it is a tough one. It That's is a proper um, I do, fantasy football question. <laughs> that one. I do currently have one, but I mean, it's it, it's just uh, because of his price point more than anything. Um, Phillips, and I think he's going to. Yeah, uh, no, no, it's not even. Uh, it's uh, Ailing. Um, okay, Luke Ailing, um, and I think that's that's just more just to fill in a place. Um, but I, I would be really interested in. Um, in, in Rodrigo, uh, I'm really keen to see how he gets. It's on. it's important. Leeds don't get a walloping here at Anfield, right? I I actually don't think they will. Um, I, I know yeah. obviously Liverpool um, for Liverpool fans, you know, it, it, they couldn't have asked for anything better, uh, which is you know a newly promoted side uh, playing at home. Um, but I just I just don't think it's going to be as straightforward as it was last season when they faced Norwich in the first game of the season. Um, I think they won that one four one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't think Leeds will be pushovers and, and, and not only this game but for the rest of the season what I like about Bielsa he's very tactically um, you know astute and we give Klopp a lot of uh, praise for, for the way that Liverpool play and mm. you know the style that they play Bielsa and Leeds also have that um, I think they'll frustrate they'll frustrate Liverpool because they're so you know well organised and well oiled um, I think it, it won't be easy. I mean, I expect Liverpool to win, don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's going to be a thrashing by any stretch of the imagination. I okay. think Leeds will, Leeds will surprise a few people here, I think. All right, brilliant stuff. Liverpool versus Leeds uh, is uh, half past midnight. Kickoff on Sunday. Uh, let's talk about Spurs against big spenders Everton. Taking a look at Spurs first, um, Bob Holmes. Have you been watching All or Nothing, the documentary on uh, Spurs? No, I haven't, but I've heard about it, uh, and yeah. I know who the star is. Exactly. He really <laughs> wants to stand out. Um, Jose Mourinho uh, has been uh, frugal, well, thanks to Daniel Levy, I'm sure, in the transfer window. <laughs> Only Pierre-Emil Hoiberg and Matt Doherty have come in. Um, their signings, you feel, that will bolster the talent and try and uh, allow the talent like your sons to shine a bit more in, in, the, in the team. But good signings, you think? Uh, yeah, I think they're sensible signings. Uh, I mean, he had a good look at Spurs last season. I mean, he was there for three quarters of the season, wasn't he? And he did take them up. Um, you know, I mean, we because they were outside the top four, never looked like getting in it, we tend to dismiss them. But they did rise up from 10th, I think, when Pochettino left to... Um, about seventh when they when they finished, um, so he did he did do okay, um, not great, but he was under great uh, restraint and he obviously had the virus to deal with like everybody else. Um, not a great time to to come in when you, you know, when you have that to deal with. So Mourinho, yeah, this is his last big job I think um, before he moves to Hollywood. Um, yeah, he. Um, I think he's still got it. Um, he he was kind of a little bit subdued by his standards last season. Um, outside the of, the, of the film, anyway. Uh, yeah, um, it's a bit hard to say. I think the jury is out on him. I mean, he was being written off after after the United sort of debacle towards the end. Um, people were saying he, you know, he's lost it. 
he can't deal with young players anymore and all that, a bit of a grumpy old man. Um, I think he's proved that he's got, he's still got something mm. at Spurs. Um, I mean, he's got, a, he's got some pretty decent players there. I mean, he's got Harry Kane and Son, for, yeah. after all. I mean, they're, they're good enough. They're getting anybody's team, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's got a decent keeper. Uh, he, yeah, I think these, these actually, these signings, this type of signing augurs quite well. It means they're not getting carried away. Yeah. They're being sensible about things. And uh, he may just creep up into sort of challenging for fourth position, that sort of thing, this season. Okay. I think that's, that, that would satisfy Levy and, and Mourinho. All right. If he could do that. Very quickly, we have to look at Everton. Mass, uh, massive load of signings here, Keish. Allen's coming from Napoli for £25 million. Uh, Abdullah Decore is joined from Watford for twenty million. Uh, James Rodriguez from Real Madrid, superstar, uh, for twenty-two million. Good business, but uh, Ancelotti now under pressure to deliver. Yeah, definitely under pressure to deliver. I mean, I think Allen, Allen in particular, um, is a terrific signing, especially if we can get the Allen who uh, the version of Allen who played under Ancelotti. He he clocked the most amount of tackles in 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 in. in um, Serie A, and that's the kind of player that Everton have really been lacking ever since uh, Idrissa Ganagay left. And having a Ducore there as well, a Premier League proven player, he's a he's a great addition. James Rodriguez is the is the one where there'll be a lot of question marks over uh, because he has struggled in and out of teams over the last few years. But again, uh, Ancelotti is a huge fan of him. He's tried to he signed him at, at at Real Madrid, he signed him at Bayern Munich as well. Um, this is the third time he's he's brought him uh, James Rodriguez to a club. So. Uh, he seems to be a fan of him and, and hopefully that helps in, in bringing out the best in, in James Rodriguez. The bigger problem for Everton now is, and we spoke about this before as well, time is ticking um, and, and I don't see a striker coming in through the doors. Um, you, you look up front, Moise Keane, this morning um, uh, there was a tweet from the, the, the popular Fabrizio Romano uh, indicating that Juventus got in touch with uh, Everton saying that they wouldn't mind having Moise Keane back on loan, uh, but Everton are a bit hesitant um, to do that. And, and it's, it's fair because as much as he hasn't exactly delivered, you look up front, who else is there besides yeah. Moise Keane? You, you, you've got Calvert-Lewin, uh, Richarlison sometimes plays in that, in that central striker role, but I don't think that's his best position either. So there'll be question marks in terms of who's going to be that number, number nine. And, and pressure will be on Ancelotti, like you said, Ross. Uh, you've got all these additions coming in. Pressure will be on him to deliver. But I don't see them pushing the top six boys unless uh, a proper 20-goal striker per season comes in before the window closes. All right. Tottenham versus Everton is a Sunday, 11.30 p.m. kickoff. We're going for our final break. You stay tuned. More EPL after this. Lovely football. Speed of that passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Two goal lead, a picture for goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back, back with Keish, Bob, and Craig Marias looking at West Brom versus Leicester. It's a Sunday 9 p.m. kickoff. Craig Marias, Grady Diagana has been made a permanent signing for West Brom. It's caused a lot of hoo ha. West Ham fans. Uh, aren't happy about that. 18 million pounds. Uh, they haven't got much else going for them. Looking at this West Brom side under Slaven Bilic. Um, what do you reckon? Matthias Pereira, uh, who was good for them 
last season. Uh, 8.5 million, uh, 8.25 million. That's been made permanent as well. I bet you find uh, very few fantasy football players there in West Brom, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if I was to to, to look at it, um, Diagana would would be one. Um, I think it's a it's a good piece of business. West Brom have been quiet in the in the transfer window, um, but Diagana he's, he's he's played with them before, um, and I can understand the fury of West Ham fans um, and players alike. I mean, we saw Mark Noble publicly uh, come out on on Twitter and, and express his disappointment and his his uh, anger at, at the club for allowing him to go. Um, he had a really good preseason. He's a, he's a kid that's been talked about a lot um, in the West Ham Academy. Fantastic um, winger, uh, drifts past people for fun. Um, and, and, you know, everyone thought this would be a great um, year for him to come in and prove himself at West Ham since he's never been given the opportunity. Um, it, it's, a, it's a funny one from, from West Ham's point of view, um, but, but it can only benefit West Brom because uh, Slavon Bilic needs these type of players. Now, Matthias Pereira, who you touched upon, you know, he's, he's about six million, I think, in FPL um, in pricing, which is a little bit too much for my team. Yeah. Uh, but but if you if there's one player to look out for uh, at West Brom this season, this is the guy. He was fantastic for them on loan last season. Uh, they made that deal permanent um, in the transfer window, um, and if he can replicate anywhere near that sort of form, um, you know, in, in the Premier League. Um, he's going to have a few clubs looking at him because he really is a, a good player. Um, I worry for West Brom. You know, I like I like Slavon Bilic. I liked him when he was at West Ham when he had that fantastic season. Um, when um, what's his name? Um, ah, what's his name? The French guy, French winger Payet. When Payet was there, um, you know, they, they had a really good season West Ham, um, and then you know it kind of fell apart in the second season when 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 uh, Payet decided to to leave and kick up a storm. Um, but I just feel that with this West Brom side, there's not enough there. Not enough there. I think they signed Callum uh, Robinson as well, yeah, that's um, right. who, who's nowhere near uh, a proven, uh, a proven uh, Premier League player. Uh, you got Charlie Austin, that's there, who they're going to rely on. Uh, I feel to get them the goals, which is not bad. But is it enough to say in the Premier League? I don't think so. I think they're going to struggle. I think. Uh, West Brom for me um, are, are the favourites to go down before we've we've even kicked off. All right. Well, um, opponents Leicester City, uh, Bob Holmes have only brought in Timothy Castagna from uh, Atalanta. He was uh, his left back, Belgian international. He's gonna slot straight into the team, but they're reliant Leicester City on 33-year-old Jamie Vardy. Showing no signs of slowing down. A golden boot winner last year. They need another good season from Senior Vardy. Yeah, they certainly do. Um, he, uh, he surprised a lot of people with uh, uh, getting as many goals as he did. Uh, certainly winning the golden boot. Uh, we didn't expect that of a 33-year-old. Um, all credit to him. But he did have one of his spells, uh, one of his droughts, and he was a bit lucky to get out of it. So you always worry if he does go into another spell of six or seven games without a goal, whether he'll ever score again. You know, he's that type of player. Um, but uh, he gets scruffy goals. He gets great goals. So he is a force to be reckoned with. Whether he can keep this up, uh, I think he's certainly got another season in him because he is he's still quick. He's still one of the fastest uh, forwards yeah. in the Premier League at 33. So that, that is uh, a big asset to have. Brendan Rodgers uh, this season, a bit of a test for him. 
uh, Leicester have shown that they really are a selling club. When they go and sell one of their prime assets to a, to a rival or Chelsea, um, they seem to have a, uh, a sales line there, don't they? They sold uh, uh, Kante to uh, Chelsea a couple of yeah. years ago. Um, and then they've gone and, um, gone and replaced him straight away with a cheaper option. And this is what they do. And it's been very successful. I mean, the, as a business, and not bad on the field either. I mean, they did actually win the, the title. And, uh, you know, they came close last year. They came, you know, came close to the top four anyway. Um, got into Europe. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's their business model. But whether it's going to be sustainable over the long haul, we've, we've seen other clubs try to do this. Mm. But eventually... They keep losing their best quality players. They replace them with inferior players. And that, that tells in the end, you know, and they start slipping. So Brendan Rodgers got a bit of a difficult job to live up to um, the high-flying performances of last season. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably see what he's made of this time. All right. Uh, it is uh, 9.30 p.m. kickoff, is it? Uh, I, I've lost where I... West, uh, yeah, no, 9 p.m. kickoff on Sunday, West Brom versus Leicester City. Um, now, Chelsea aren't in action and, until Tuesday, but we've got to talk about Chelsea because they've spent over £200 million in the transfer window. I'm coming to you first, Kish. Um, they're playing Brighton, so let's not preview the game, but let's talk about the ins at Chelsea. <clears throat> Timo Werner, 45 million from Leipzig. Hakim Ziyech, Ajax, uh, 33 million. Uh, Xavier Muyamba has come from Barcelona. Ben, ben Chilwell, 50 million from Leicester. Malang Sar from Nice Free. Thiago Silva, PSG Free. Kai Havertz, a cool 71 million pounds. That's some serious names there. Talk about pressure. Mr. Lampard is going to be under some. Yeah, this is this is going to be completely different to how things were um, last year. The, the kind of pressure that Lampard had at the beginning of last season was where he was coming in into a job where, you know, that there was the transfer ban, there was very minimal expectations. There was even talks of, you know, if, even if they don't finish in a Europa League position, it's fine. Uh, but, but obviously, Lampard set a really high bar for himself, for himself as well. Uh, took Chelsea into the um, Champions League um, and, and now he's been rewarded with the kind of investment that he quite possibly wants and desires as well. I mean, in the press conference, uh, he, he spoke about how it's the kind of pressure that he's been looking forward to and, and, and he's enjoying having this pressure because he doesn't want to be a side that challenges for the top four. And that's, if you're a neutral, that's a really nice thing to hear because uh, it means that he's, he's, he's really eyeing, uh, you know, that, that top two spot that, that's being occupied by City and Liverpool at the moment. You look at the kind of players that they've brought in. Um, you know, Timo Werner for me is is, is the important one. Um, I think he's the one that's that's a surefire uh, start in every game. Uh, he's, he's, to me, is better than Tammy, Tammy Abraham. He's better than uh, Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Um, even for Germany during the international break, um, he, he, he showed a lot of, of ability. Uh, for Chelsea, it didn't take him long to score his first goal as well. Five minutes into his preseason debut, that's all it took for him to to score and awareness versatility gives them a lot of options up front in terms of moving left, right, and center. And then you have Kai Havertz. Um, what baffles me, right, Ross, is how Chelsea have been able to sign two of the most sought after youngsters in Europe in Christian Pulisic at that point mm -hmm. and Kai Havertz now without any real fuss. They just went in, clocked the deal, came out 
with no other side, you know, coming close to hijacking. Because they haven't got whatsoever. Ed Woodward working for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but but Kai Havertz, it's a brilliant talent. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, I know it's a. You look at you look at the the list of players that are on Chelsea's books now, and you think Frank Lampard has got a massive, massive headache trying to figure out that starting eleven because. I mean, you, you, you've got Kai Havertz, you've got Hakim Ziyech, who's obviously going to miss out of this first game. But yeah. you've got those two. You, you've got Pulisic, you've got uh, Tam Abraham, you've got Timo Werner, you've got Giroud, you've got Callum Hudson-Odor, you've got Ross Barkley, you've got you know Loftus-Cheek. You, you look at the list of players and it just goes on and on. It's a nice problem to have. Yeah. Uh, but but it's just trying to find the right mix. And, and make no mistake, Thiago Silva will make them somewhat solid at the back. Much better at least, I'd say. Than they were last season. Um, okay. But up front, up front, my God, they've just got a lot of swagger going on for them at the moment. And if that front can click, Chelsea will be a force to be reckoned with this season. All right. Um, I, I counted 10 international forwards, if you want to use the word forward, either attacking <laughs> midfielders or strikers. I know. 10 full internationals. That's amazing. And, yeah. Incredible. Uh, what about well, right. like Loftus Cheek? People like that, you know, he's way down the pecking order, isn't he? I know, I know. Uh, all right, I tell you what, we're going to have an in-depth preview of the Brighton-Chelsea game on our Monday show. Uh, kind of, a, we're going to vary the big shout a little here. I'm going to come to you, Craig Marais, and I'm going to ask you to give me your top four for this season. Um, in no particular order. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. We won it in a particular. You want an order? Um, all right, I'm going for City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United. How different is yours, Bob Holmes, to that? Uh, not much different. I'd go for Liverpool, City, Chelsea, United. Okay, and who are who are your three to go down then, Keish? Oh wow! Way to throw me in the spot, Ross. Um, <laughs> um, I, I I think Fulham are for me favourites as well. I don't think they've done. I know. I know. You know they they don't want to repeat the mistakes that were made a couple of seasons ago. But you look at the squad that they have. Um, I just don't think it's good enough to stay up. Um, for me, Fulham are favourites, and then you've got West Brom as well. For me, yeah. I'd, I'd nominate them as favourites. Um, and the the third one is the tricky one, but I'm actually going to go with team. Villa. Villa. Wow. Could, Villa, okay. Whoa, yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. All right, brilliant stuff. That's all the time we have uh, this week. Do enjoy the football. Let me say thanks to Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the start of the Premier League. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And thanks to Keish as well. Cheers, guys. Make sure you have Connor Cody in your fantasy teams. <laughs> Spoken like a true fan. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the football. Bye bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On the Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.